0: You're listening to the LifeTree Community Church podcast, recorded on Sundays in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our goal is to help you grow from root to fruit. Thanks for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. So welcome this morning. Glad that you're uh, you're all here today. I invite you to turn to John chapter 14. Uh, we're going to be kicking off a new series today. Uh, so as you uh, invite you to turn there, as you're turning there. Um, just let's celebrate that the sun is back, right? That big yellow thing in the sky. Everybody, can I get an amen? Anybody happy about the sun? Yes. All right. It's amazing. I think last Sunday it was like 50 and raining. It was absolutely disgusting. Um, it's amazing the difference a few days can make. Um, I hope you had a chance to uh, enjoy the, the sun this weekend. Got to go to uh, the beach yesterday. It was uh, we were in Spring Lake. It was it was nice. Um, about 10 degrees colder than here. I forgot. forgot that. Yellow little windier. A little colder. And... Uh, and there were some like bugs, you know, flying ants and things like that. But hey, we couldn't. We had a good time. My son went in the water. It was absolutely nuts. It was like I think 12 degrees. I don't understand. Like I just don't know. I don't know. I I, I just don't know how he did it. Like like literally in boogie boarding, I'm like you're you're crazy. This is it was absolutely freezing. But it was a beautiful day, a beautiful weekend, and we're getting there. I think it's supposed to hit the 80s, like mid 80s today. I mean, we're definitely uh yes. Hope you enjoyed spring because summer's here. You know, it's over. We just. Blip, just skip right on through, uh, right on through. Uh, Weather is one of those things we talk about a lot, you know. It's one of those things we wish we could change, right? You want to make it sunny when you want it to be sunny, right? We like it sunny, but I know some of you pray for rain on certain days. You know, you're like, it'd be really nice if this event got rained out or it'd be really nice if that got rained out. And so you're praying for rain on different times, um, and uh, you know, don't don't lie. I know you are. Um, I've prayed it myself over certain baseball. You know, we've got like seven games in one day. It's like this is not going to happen. It'd be great if it just rained. And uh, so rain is a good thing. You know, um, kids pray for snow days all winter long. Um, now they're just you know praying that things are over. Uh, but weather is one of those things we really do talk about a lot. You know, it's just one of the, it's part of our language, and it's something we have absolutely no control over. You know, what happens is we 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 try to change it. We we pray for it, but we just know that as we get older, you just got to wait it out. Like there's nothing you can do for it. You may even throw up a couple of prayers along the way. You ever done that? You know, all right, God, if you can make it rain, that'd be great. But there's like low expectation, right? Like we know, like I'll pray for the weather, but really God's going to do whatever he's going to do because you know that somewhere or in some other part of town, somebody's praying for the exact opposite. You know, God's got, he's got a complicated solution. So, you know, you don't know how to to deal with that, so you're like, okay, God, I'll, I'll pray, but I'll give you grace in case you don't want to answer my prayer. You know, it's kind of how we, how we do it. I don't know. Is that just me? I'm a terrible person. I'm sorry. Um, life can feel a lot like the weather. I think uh, there are days we wish we could control it. Uh, we kind of resign to the fact that we can't. And so as we go along the way, we kind of throw up these little prayers. God, this is kind of what I want, but I'm going to keep my expectations low because, you know, it may or may not happen. Right? And as much as we don't want to admit it, that's kind of how we pray often. That's kind of how we live. Um, we can feel pretty powerless. Um, for a, the past few weeks, a friend of mine has been fighting some pretty uh, serious health issues and going through some things and just been uh, working and walking through him with that. And um, and I keep praying. I keep praying for him. And the more I pray, the news continues to get worse. Anybody? All right, I'm praying and praying, and it doesn't seem to get any better. Um, it's invigorating, isn't it? You're like, all right, this is good. I should keep this up. This is helping. Um, You know, come on, God, Uh, where's where's the power? Um, There might not be anything more challenging to our faith than when we're praying for something. And it just doesn't seem like it's making a dent. And actually, it's actually getting worse when you seem to be absolutely powerless. And we're going, okay, God, I don't know if I understand what's happening right here. Uh, This past week, if you're in Robbinsville, you probably heard the uh, the tragic news that the young man at Robbinsville High School uh, took his own life. If you hadn't heard, it's very sad. A senior there. Um, and uh, it's one of those situations where you hear it and you go, man. Right? Like, you feel you feel kind of powerless in those moments. Not only was a life ended far too soon, I came to learn that he and his family were part of our sister church, Calvary Chapel, uh, over at, uh, at the middle school right now. Um, his uh, mother was on a missions trip. Uh, This week. And the father's an elder in the church. Our our mayor, I know, is there with them right now. They're doing a memorial service this morning as part of their Sunday morning service. Um, And, uh, you know, as I thought about it, you know, this is one of our kids. It's one of our kids. Right. This is I never had the honor of meeting him, but I think I've met his mom and uh, at community day and things like that. Um, My heart breaks for him, for his family You know, as you begin to think about those things. And I don't want to sit here and add his name to the countless others throughout our county that we know that through whatever reason have chosen that this life no longer needs him. Right? I want to bring him back. I want to tell his mom and dad it's going to be okay. Right? Like, I want to be powerful for God. And I want to say, it's all going to work out. And we're going to pray for them in a moment. But that's the point. Right? We're going to pray for them. When we feel powerless. Right, That's the rub, like what 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 good's it going to do? Is it going to bring them back? Right? Do we simply just keep praying when darkness and pain seem to have their way? Do we really turn to the same thing that didn't appear to work the first time? right? So I just want to just say for a moment, even in our confusion, we're allowed to pray, even when you don't know how it's going to work out, we can pray, and so we're going to do that. So if you just join me in a moment, we just want to pray for the family right now, Lord. Or we don't have the right words. I don't even know what to pray for this family right now. But Lord, they're part of our, of our family. They're part of your family. They're part of this community. They're part of the body of Christ. And God, right now, I pray for mom and dad, for the siblings, Lord, for friends, for those who knew this young man. God, I pray that somehow, some way, Lord, you would show yourself good. Or that you would bring healing and comfort and redemption in some way. Because it's beyond me how. And I don't understand all those things. But God, we just lift this family up to you. We pray you love them in profound ways today. or that, that as their church family surrounds them, as this community surrounds them, Lord, that they would know they're loved. And that somehow they would hear your voice cutting through. So, Lord, that's what we pray today. We lift them up to you. And give us the wisdom to know how best to care for them as fellow believers and as fellow just community members and as family to them. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We're surrounded by needs that look greater than we have the capacity to meet every day. In each one of your lives, I'm certain that, you know, you may or may not have known that situation, but there are people and circumstances that you have been praying for. We've been praying for this community for a long time. I've been here almost a decade now. I've been praying for this community and, like, continue to hear these stories. Like, man, I'm getting tired of hearing these stories. I keep praying, but it doesn't know that nothing seems to be happening. Right? And we hear messages and we read scriptures that tell us that we're powerful, right? That we're powerful. We got the power of God in us, but sometimes the evidence in front of us makes us feel anything but. And this week, I plan to kick off a new series based on John 14. And uh, this was the passage. It's John 14, beginning in verse 12. It'll be on the screen. It says, I tell the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works. Because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name. And I will do it. We titled this series, uh, Even Greater. Even Greater. The purpose was to explore what it means for Jesus to be at the center of our power. Right? Come on. Right? It's going to be a good rah-rah message. Not only are we powerful, but Jesus says that anyone who believes, which includes all of us, all of you, anyone who believes, who has faith, can do the same works as Jesus. And not only that, you can do even greater works than Jesus. Sounds pretty nice, right? It's it's attractive. That sounds like a great message. I mean, it's going to be an awesome series. I can't wait to preach this series. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's the ultimate, you can do it, right? Like, that's what this is. I apologize, right? That's it. Like, that's the ultimate. All we have to do is ask in his name. He's going to do it. Doesn't that sound so simple? You can do even greater things, Jesus says, than I do. All you have to do is ask in my name and I'm going to do it. Do you feel like you can do even greater works than Jesus? I mean, has anybody in here been like, oh man, phew, left Jesus in the dust like a long time ago? Like, man, I just, I, mean, I gotta hold myself back. You know, it's tough being, you know, I mean, like, seriously, like, stop following, you know? I mean, I'll be honest, I struggle to hear that. I know the kind of person I am, I have a lot of flaws. Don't say anything. Okay, I said it, you don't need to amen. I don't feel all that strong. I know the kind of work I do. And it doesn't look like I'm anywhere close to even greater than Jesus. Like when I sit back and reflect on my days, I don't go, man, you know, there's Jesus. And oh, yeah, maybe maybe today's the day. You know, I think I'm somewhere between don't do that again. And that's not so terrible. Like I think that's where I live. Like right, right, right there, that's kind of like my happy place. Um, on my best day, I don't think I get anywhere... Close to being confused with the kind of work that Jesus does. I don't think that, that that's, that's like when I assess myself, and maybe I'm—I mean, I'm first child. Maybe I'm a little hard on myself. I don't know, but I'm going to guess that some of you feel that way too. When we talk about doing even greater things, you're not like, "Yeah, that's me." So here's the dilemma, right? Here's the dilemma. I know that Jesus doesn't lie. He's trustworthy. And everything he says is true. And he says, I can do even greater things. So what are we missing? What am I missing? If you're here today and your life is yet to feel like you're approaching even greater, if you fight feelings of being powerless every day, if you hear these stories, if when you pray, you go with sort of this sort of, you know, I'll pray, but I don't really think it's going to make a difference. Your expectations are low. If it's like the weather, then what I'm about to share next, I pray, will help us all just take a step Closer towards making some sense of what Jesus is saying here. Because where I live doesn't seem to connect. It seems like I'm missing something. So we want to start at the beginning. And when I say the beginning, I mean like in the beginning. Like in the beginning. It says God was all powerful and spoke creation into being. See, God had all the power. All the power. Right? Here we go. It says as a reminder, right, this is the God who laid the foundations of the earth. We sang about it before. It was great. Nick, I'm telling you, your songs were on point, man. He locked the sea under barred gates. God limited the shores of the ocean. I stood at the ocean. Listen, it was pretty powerful, right? You've stood at the, at the, And it was just a pretty calm day. This is the God who said, This far and no farther will you come, O ocean. You stop here. I can't even get my dog to stop. And God tells the ocean where to stop. Right? It's the God who said, here your proud waves must stop. He commands the morning to appear and the dawn rises in the east. He makes daylight spread to the ends of the earth. He knows where the gates of death are located. He creates channels to the torrents of rain, lays out a path for the lightning. When we see lightning, God's like, yeah, I told that where to go. He can shout to the clouds and make it rain. He directs the movements of the stars, directs the constellations through the seasons. He made the laws of the universe and uses them to regulate the earth. God had all the power. It's God who spoke. And there was light. Who spoke. And there was life. Who spoke and things came from nothing. Ex nihilo. Out of nothing, God created. It's a God with power. He holds all power and authority. But at creation, God did something incredibly odd. He took His power and literally gave it to Adam and Eve. And He said, rule over all creation. This God of all power genuinely gave it to Adam. He had real authority. He said, name it. Name all the animals. Rule over it. Have dominion. I give you authority. I give you power to rule. So the God of all power gives it to Adam. In the beginning, power was meant to be part of humanity's purpose. And to prove how legitimately God acted in giving Adam power, how, how honestly and genuinely he gave power to Adam. You ready? Adam had enough authority and power to give it away. God gave power to Adam so truly that it was Adam's to do what he chose and Adam gave it away, willingly handed his power to a serpent in exchange for what he thought would make him more powerful. Isn't it ironic? How often right he gave away his power in the quest for more power. See, sin always overpromises and underdelivers. Every time sin takes our power and in exchange it enslaves cheat a little to get ahead cheat a little to get ahead and it will take you years to build back the credibility that you lost right no one will know it's just one time just a little bit and we are left enslaved by guilt shame regret about what we did right it's an illusion right overpromises and every time it underdelivers it It enslaves us. It's a terrible trade. It's an absolutely horrible trade, and humanity has been making it since the beginning of time. We continue to trade, right? The power that God gives us for the allure of more power, and we end up enslaved. That's how it works. The enemy deceived Adam, and he took that authority. The power was then in the hands of one who intended to abuse it, and he still does. Jesus himself acknowledged that Satan rules this earth, when Jesus was tempted in the desert, think about this. Jesus was tempted in the desert, right? Satan offered Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. He says, I will give you all the kingdoms. Everything took him to the highest point in the earth and said, see it all, I will give it all to you. The only way for that to legitimately be tempting to Jesus was if that was genuinely Satan's to give. Because if Satan couldn't give it, it wouldn't have been tempting to Jesus because he could have said, that's not yours to give. But Jesus knew it was Satan's to give because Satan had gotten it because Adam had given it to him. So it's genuinely tempting for Jesus in this moment because that power had been deceitfully gained. That's why there's so much pain and brokenness in this world. The one who rules it completely abuses his power, fortunately. For all of us, the story doesn't end there. This is good news. All right, this is good news. The authority was so genuinely given, the only way for God to reclaim what Adam had given away was to come and now submit himself under that authority and that power. To submit to it all the way to death. And that's just what Jesus did. He came and submitted Himself to the authority and the power of this world. He let His body suffer under the consequences of sin in this world. He died. He suffered under that pain. The enemy was so consumed with His power, He never saw the resurrection coming. What He meant for evil, God turned for good. Jesus took back what was rightfully His. He reclaimed power and authority. He took it back from the enemy. Now, let me just say, God doesn't make the same mistake twice, right? Right? You're not going to take your power that you've just now reclaimed and you're not going to give it back to like, us again, right? Ah, that Jesus, He said, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples. I'm giving the power back to you. I'm handing it back to you. And remember this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Once again, God entrusts His power to you and to me. The only difference between us and Adam is this time God says, I'm going to stick around. I'm going to help you manage this. right? I'm going to be a filter for you. I'm with you always. You want that power? Ask me. Let me help you manage this. It's not just you do what you want now. You ask me. And I will be the filter for you. Ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Together, we'll do even greater things than I ever did by myself. I'm inviting you to work with me to do even greater things. When Jesus says even greater, he doesn't mean more magical. He he didn't do his miracles. He didn't walk on water. He didn't change water into wine. He didn't raise the dead. He didn't do those things for the sake of pure theater. It was never for the show. Every time Jesus did a miracle, it was to reveal God the Father. To reveal the heart of God. That the heart of God is for your healing. That the heart of God is for you to believe Him and to trust Him. The heart of God is for your good. So when he says even greater, what he's talking about is not greater in terms of wow factor, but greater in terms of fruit. The reason Jesus did the miracles was to bring people to the Father. The reason we will do even greater stuff is not to wow people more, but to bring even more people to the Father. That's why he meant even greater. When Jesus preached throughout his... For about three years, Jesus traveled around preaching, and he he reached people. He discipled twelve, right? He had three close. He preached to lots of crowds, and people came and followed. So you want to know how big it got? Well, let's see. At the day of right after Jesus died, they got together for the church. They gathered everybody. And there was like 125 in that room. That's the fruit. There were some other believers, but there's about right. It says Peter preached. Holy Spirit gave him power, and on that day, 3,000 in one day came and joined the church. Let me tell you, is 3,000 greater than 125? Yeah, because that's what Jesus meant when he said you're going to do even greater. You're going to have even greater fruit. It's not so much that you're going to be better than him. No. But when you partner with him, you can reach the world. God still has all the power, and he chooses to give it to us. So then the question becomes, if we have that kind of power, where is it? Why don't our prayers seem to be answered? Why do we keep hearing tragic stories? What are we missing? What are we missing? A few things to think about. One, perhaps we're not praying to change things. Perhaps we're not praying with that kind of expectation. I don't know. I'm not here to judge anybody anywhere. I don't know what you're praying. But there's a chance that, you know, we're praying weather prayers. You know, God, if you want to heal somebody, go. you know. God, I really wish you would, but I don't actually believe that you can. I don't think you're actually listening. Either we're not praying to change things. Two, perhaps we're continuing to let sin steal our power. It's a very real chance that we're continuing to make trades throughout the day and wondering why God doesn't show up. Well, it's because you keep giving your power away every time you sin. Again, not condemnation, judgment, but it's the reality. Throughout Scripture, you look, God calls us to holiness. It's not our holiness that saves us, right? But it's that holiness that makes us useful in His hands. God loves us unconditionally, but God needs God needs us to follow Him to be able to be used by Him. Sin corrupts. And perhaps you've given up hope that you can make a difference. Many years ago, I was in a conversation with a, a well-known pastor named Dick Foth. I had a chance to, if you don't know who he is, he's a, just a tremendous guy in Washington, D.C. And he challenged me as I was talking. He said, do you think you just pastor your church? And I was like, "Ah." Uh, I think the answer should be no. And he said, listen, you pastor your community. People that are not there as well. And it made me think about my broader responsibilities. A few weeks ago, we grieved with the Josephson family here as they lost their daughter, Samantha. Right? We mourned Joe Barker's passing from cancer last year. You know, before that, it was Steve Mayer. We, we continue to grieve and mourn with our community every time something happens and someone tragically is lost. People we know, people we may not know. Can I ask you, does your heart break for the community? For your community? Does their loss move you? Do you feel their despair? Because we should. This is a family. When one suffers, all suffer And God has a solution for this community. He has not left them without hope and he has given them a gift and it's called us, the church. You and me. This is God's community which makes it our community. These are his people which make them our people. What happens here is our business. I'll be honest, I'm tired of hearing people talk about struggling with depression, addiction, and the assorted tools the enemy uses to overwhelm and crush people we have power to make a difference and it's so frustrating to me that even myself included that we continue to seem to be unable to make a difference jesus didn't die only to change our future he says ask me anything right now and i will do it you understand there's a gap between what we're hearing and what we're living right Like, that's the tension in the room right now. Hopefully you're feeling that, and I'm not trying to avoid it. We need to dive into it. Because if Jesus answered all our prayers right now, how would the world be different outside of our families? If Jesus answered what you're praying right now, would the community be different, or would your just family be different? Conviction on me, on that one. What are we praying for our community? What are you praying for your neighbors? What are you praying for the people that make you crazy? What are you praying for the people that you perceive to be your enemies? What are you praying over them? Because God has the power to change all things. Ask me and I will do it. Are we praying self-centered prayers? Are we praying prayers to change the world? Because that's what God has given us power to do. Are we abdicating our power or are we using it well? I want to challenge us right now. Can we rise up? as a powerful church, and change things. Can this be a day, a turning point for Life Tree? I don't know. Is it time? Is it time for us to finally get on, in the game on some of these things? We have the power to proclaim freedom for the captives, healing for the sick. There are people that I know right now, that are, and I'm tired of just saying, I'll be praying for you. No, I want to see them healed. Right? And I can't change that. I can't force my way. It's not louder prayers. It's not you know, better words. It's more things. It's just, listen, I believe in a God who heals, and I just want to see it happen. I'm eager to see that happen. I'm eager to see people who are suffering from depression be free from those chains. I want them to have the freedom of mind to live life, to be who God's called them to be. I don't want any more kids at home thinking this world doesn't need me. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Salvation for those apart from God. God gave us power. Our sin handed it to the enemy. Jesus died so we could have it back again. That's what this is about. We need to exercise our power and let the world knows who lives in us. Let me show you who lives in me. Can't force it, but I can welcome it. Today, perhaps sin is holding you back and you know it. I'm not here to condemn anybody. That's between you and God. But there are things that you have been doing and you know it's not right. Let me tell you today, i got good news. There is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. He is not here to rub it in our faces when we fall. But He's here to say, hey, no longer. He finds us as we are. He doesn't leave us as we are. No longer. It's a call to purity. It's a call to holiness. What we do matters. How we live matters. God, I want to be a vessel You can use, so i got to stop doing those things I know I shouldn't be doing. I know better. He is here to free us from the bondage of sin. Sin is a ruthless master and it seeks one thing, your destruction, your demise, and to, to thwart all your power, to take your legs out from under you. That's what sin does over and over and over again. It's the same story never changes. The best news I can share with you today is this. There is forgiveness of sins in Christ Jesus. He paid it all. He paid it all. If that's you today, wherever you are I encourage you right now. Simply confess your sins to him and he's going to start something new in you. You can start something new. Today is a brand new day. I don't care what you've been doing. I don't care how long you've been suffering. Today is a new day. Addiction's over. Freedom in Jesus' name today. That's what he can do for you. Simply confess your sins to him. We cannot live a life of power when sin is crippling us. Invite Jesus in and he will clean house. He will make you new. And once we've dealt with that, once we've, see, that's, that's, that's the first piece. We've got to deal with that. If there's sin, we've got to get right. But once we've dealt with that and moved on, once you do that, the second step is this. We need to examine how we're praying. How are you praying? Every series we introduce a new X factor. The X factor for this series, even greater, is prayer. Again, prayer. And it's focused prayer. The goal of this series is to say, how is Jesus at the center? of our power. I want to pray with Jesus at the center of power. In your programs, you should have a card. There's a prayer on it. And each week, we're going to emphasize a different prayer point. How we can pray with power. I want to challenge you. Pray this prayer every day. Pray it multiple times a day, as often as you can. It's it's a one-sentence prayer. And it goes like this. In the name of Jesus, break the power of despair that holds our community captive and set them free. That's the prayer. We're going to pray that. Because listen, I believe it can happen. I I believe we can see a decrease, a change in the numbers in Robbinsville. People go, what's up with that town? I'll tell you what's up with that town. There's a group of people that believe that God does what he says he's going to do. And we believe that despair is gone in the name of Jesus. Right. That's what we're going to pray. Come on. Let's pray things that make a difference. Let's pray prayers that change things in the name of Jesus. Break the power of despair that holds our community captive and set them free. If you know someone struggling with despair, pray for them by name every day this week. That's your X factor. That's how you can take your faith and go on deeper. That's what's going to make Jesus the center of your power. Pray that prayer every day this week. Let's go to war for people. Let's assert the power that Jesus has given to us. Jesus literally went through hell. So that you and I could have power, we we use that phrase, you know. uh, No, Jesus went through hell so that we could have power. He reclaimed what we gave away. My grandmother, my dad's mother, you've probably heard the story before. I think he shared it. When she was pregnant with my dad, it was a difficult circumstance, a difficult time. He was, she already had two older boys. Her husband was a bum, was leaving. I don't know if my dad would call him that. I call him that. I never met the man. He, he said, if you have that baby, I'm going to leave. So you get an abortion or I'm out. My grandmother walked to the edge of a pier in Long Island and was going to take her life. She was in her moment of despair. She was on the edge of that pier and she said she did not have a relationship with God. But she heard God say to her, don't you dare, that child is mine. She had my dad. He left. I promise you, somebody somewhere was praying for my grandmother. That doesn't happen by accident. And I guarantee you they have no impact. idea the impact of that prayer. It was not just for her. It wasn't just to change her in that moment. But let's start to calculate, right, the fruit that came from my father. Right? A lifetime spent traveling the globe doing ministry. Three kids all in ministry, right? Pastoring churches. One prayer. One person in despair. We have no idea the impact of our bold prayers for God. When we pray for despair people, we're not praying that they're going to have a better day. We're praying that the course of history will be changed because they chose to stay on this earth. Because hope overcame despair. I can promise every prayer you pray in the name of Jesus, every prayer that asserts God's given power will echo in eternity, far beyond what you can imagine. There are people right now in our town considering taking their own lives. Today, it's happening right here in this community. There are people held captive by an enemy who is telling them their lives are not worth anything, that the world would be better without them, that there's no hope. And it's a straight up lie. It's a straight up lie from the enemy. Perhaps there are people here today. Perhaps you are here today and nobody knows what you've been thinking about. Perhaps you're here today and you are despairing of your own life. There are plenty of people here. I do not know all of your stories. There's a good chance odds tell us that somebody, multiple people in this room right now are struggling with this particular issue today in this moment. God sent me to tell you today you matter We need you. Tomorrow needs you. God makes no accidents. King David had his share of highs and lows. Psalm 40, verse 1. I'm going to invite the band to come on up. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. If this is you today, I want you to hear this. If you're struggling here today, please listen. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. Would you just all close your eyes and listen for just a moment? If this is you and you're struggling today, hear this. He lifted me out of the pit of despair. It feels like a pit. It feels like there's no way out, like it's just surrounded By darkness, He lifted me out of the pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. That's what our God does. He goes looking for us and finds us in our despair. He doesn't leave us there, He lifts us up and He sets our feet on solid ground. Not only that, it says He gives me a new song to sing. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what He has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Today, with your eyes closed, we're going to pray. And we're going to pray into being the good that God desires to do. The even greater things. Would you join me right now? I just want to pray right now. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty, matchless, strong name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, the one who went through hell to reclaim power. To break the power of bondage in our lives. So that we are no longer slaves. In the name of Jesus, that Jesus, we have the power to proclaim Freedom for the captive today. Would you just proclaim it right now in your own words? Would you just pray if there are people, if it's you, would you just begin to pray freedom for the captive now? And as you pray it, chains are going to fall right now. Walls begin to break. Darkness begins to fade as light penetrates the darkest places. Jesus, right now, we believe that you can do this. God, we welcome you in the name of Jesus to break. Through the darkness. Freedom for the captive. Freedom for the captive in the name of Jesus. Would you do it right now, Lord? In the name of Jesus, we pray that captives in our community would be set free right now. That there are people in their homes, people out in stores. People right now, perhaps, despairing of life. And in this moment, would you speak and say, don't you dare. I have life for you. Your days are not up. I gave you breath. I have a plan for you and a purpose for you. I love you more than you know. There's nothing you've done that I cannot forgive. There's nothing that disqualifies you. Would you hear it today, God, throughout this community, that any enemy that is in power right now would know that the children of God are here to reclaim what is rightfully ours, the authority that you have given us. That we choose to invite Jesus to use that authority to bring hope to the hopeless today. In our families, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, in our town, in our city, in our church, in our workplaces, wherever we are. In the name of Jesus, we proclaim freedom for the captives. No longer will despair have a hold on this town, on our county, on our state. Jesus, be the center of our power. You challenge us to ask in your name. And so we do right now. In the name of Jesus, release prisoners right now break the power of sin in our lives release us to be who you've called us to be Lord if there are sins and addictions things that are holding us back we pray freedom for the captive right now free us to be holy free us to be pure in the name of Jesus we are your people the enemy has no right to our minds no right to our children no claim on our families and our friends we declare the power of despair broken in this community today here and now hope will rise here and now, like a mighty roar, let the sound of hope begin to permeate this entire county and start here with us. Start here with us. Let hope rise. Let hope rise. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit us at WeAreLifetree.com or on Facebook and Instagram at WeAreLifetree.